Christians. We know that heaven is up there, but we're here on this earth, and we really don't get to look beyond the confinement of the fishbowl that we are living in. We go through life that way. We, the Bible calls us pilgrims. We are aliens. We are strangers, and we are nomads. And so while we are here on this earth, anticipating the arrival at the next place, which for those who believe in Jesus is heaven, and for those that do not believe in Jesus is not heaven, we are here and we have an unrest within us. In fact, if we are a Christian, did you know that your body has adopted a language, and maybe you don't even realize that you speak a different kind of language when you become a Christ follower? The scripture says that We have these groans within us that only God can understand through the Holy Spirit. The book of Romans chapter 8, 23 says, Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, that means those of us that were the first ones to become Christians and have the Holy Spirit moved into us inside of us, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. That means the Spirit is within us, communicating with the Father. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Paul goes on to say, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Sometimes when we pray, We hurt so bad, we just groan. And the Holy Spirit is there to interpret the groans that we have. Last week, we started talking about heaven. We're going to continue to talk about heaven for a few more weeks. And for the remainder of our time this morning, I would like to talk with you about, you can write this down in your bulletin there, write it down, three reasons to long For heaven, three reasons to long for heaven. I'm going to ask that you'll bow your heads and let's pray together and let's just uh, ask God to teach us. Okay, let's pray. Father God, uh, here we are this morning. And Father, it is my sincere prayer that you would help us to forget everything that takes place this morning except for exactly what you want us to remember and then apply those things to our life and live better for you because you have taught us. Father, teach us right now about where you are in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name and amen. Three reasons to long for heaven. Write this down in your bulletin. The first one, I just simply say, uh, consider the alternative. What is the alternative to going to heaven? The alternative is hell. Nobody should want to go to hell. Many people joke about hell. They they joke about uh, going there with all of their friends. But the reality is, uh, hell is going to be a horrible place. It is no laughing matter. The Bible says hell is real and people are going to go there. Jesus talked about hell. Jesus used uh, hell to motivate people uh, to want to be close to him and not be close to the alternative because Jesus fully understands what hell is going to be like. In fact, in the book of Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said, And do not fear those who kill the body, 
but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Hell is not going to be good. I, I, you know, we, we don't live in hell. We don't live in heaven. Those are things that are beyond this life. And we can only understand pain and suffering here on this uh, earth to some limited extent. And let me tell you, I have a new respect for pain and suffering on this earth because Friday I went to the doctor and I got the first of two shingles vaccines. And, and I got a tetanus shot. And then they poked a needle in me. And so now I fully understand the depths of pain on this earth, right? And the doctor, he looked at me square in the eye and he said, Steve, probably what's going to happen, you're going to get this shingle shot. He says, probably you're going to run a low grade fever. He said, your entire body is going to be achy and your arm, and my arm is still very tender, just so you know. So you feel sorry for me. Uh, And so here's the reality. This earth, we can understand pain. And I joke about that because I did. Yesterday I woke up and I I felt horrible. I was kind of aching, yuck. I didn't like it at all. But here's the reality. We know that that is mild compared to some of the pain that we do experience and the hurt and the loss and the suffering that can be experienced in this life. The same is also true. I was here Wednesday with Kids Club, and we, we opened up Kids Club with a, uh, this year uh, with a sledding party. And we told all the kids, bring their sleds and dress appropriately. And uh, there were a bunch of us went out the, the hill back here, and we got to go sledding. And uh, even in my almost completely over life, I still love sledding. I had so much fun sledding. We were piling the kids on there, and they were wiping out, and I was crashing and getting back up and uh, complaining about the aches and pains. I had so much fun sledding. The truth is, is that this life has pleasure in it. We can experience pleasure on a snow hill or uh, great pleasures. I look forward to, as I said already, the birth of our first grandchild. And, and there's so many great and deep pleasures that we can experience here on this earth. But listen to me. Hell is going to be worse than anything we can experience on this earth. And heaven is going to be greater than anything we can experience on this earth. Listen to this. For the unbeliever, think about this. For the unbeliever, the person that does not know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, this life is as close as they will ever get to heaven. But for the person that knows Jesus and has accepted Christ as their Savior, this life is as close as they will ever get to hell. This life can be hell-ish, but it is not even close to hell. The first reason that we should long for heaven is consider the alternative. We don't want to go there. Here's a second reason to long for heaven, and it's simply the emptiness of this 
world, the emptiness of this world. The Bible says that this world is broken, that pain and suffering were not to be a part of this world. The reality is, is that when God created the heavens and the earth, he put Adam and Eve in an absolutely perfect environment. It was perfect when they were there. They would walk with God in the beautiful uh, evening of the day, and they would enjoy a perfect garden, and there was no pain, and there was no suffering, and we have no idea how long they lived in the garden with God in perfect harmony with him and fellowship with him, and there was no death and no decay and no sorrow. None of it was there. It was absolute perfection, and that is what God created, and that is the environment that he put mankind in until came the fall. When Adam and Eve first sinned, that is when sin entered into the world. Romans tells us this. Think about this. Paul tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8 that even creation cries out against the fall of man and fall of creation. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Now, this world can have hurt and pain and suffering. This world has hurts, it has scars, it has injuries, and it can make us cynical, it can make us bitter, it can make us hateful. It can cause you to question, why would God allow us to have these kinds of experience in our life? And the reason is because this life is no longer normal. It's broken. It's not what it was meant to be. It has been destroyed by sin and by the devil. Normal is no sickness. Normal is no crime. Normal is no pollution. Normal is no doctors and no hospitals. And normal is no lawyers because there won't be any need for any lawyers. Normal is no tears. Normal is no cemeteries. Normal is no pain. And normal is no suffering and no hardship. That's what God created, but it's been broken since the fall, and we should long to get back to normal. That will be heaven. And the more I learn to live, the more I learn to live by the Holy Spirit, the more dissatisfied I am with this world. God gave us the Holy Spirit And we should have a holy discontent for where we are now because of the greatness of where God wants us to be. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 22 says, He has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything that he has promised to us. He reminds us that this isn't normal and that so much more is coming. Here's something else that is true that by the Holy Spirit it pushes me and it reminds me that I am not yet 
normal. I'm increasingly aware of how broken I am. I want to be free from the pull of sin. Yes, the Holy Spirit is producing fruit in me, but I know that I am not yet who God intends for me to be. But in heaven, finally, my heart will love everybody effortlessly. And my mind will only entertain thoughts that are good and pure and noble. And that my tongue will only speak words that are true and gracious and uplifting. And the best part is that when I am in heaven, every single person around me will live exactly the same way. Everyone will be made normal in the sight of God. But until then, I have to live in a world that is just too broken for me to feel at home. Some of you know who Joni Erickson Tata is. She is a lady that at the age of 17, she dove into a pond and it broke her neck and she's lived as a quadriplegic ever since then. She's an author, she's an artist, she's a speaker. And most importantly, she's a follower of Jesus. Part of her daily routine is that she needs people to look after her and to feed her and to dress her. And she has a a tenant that lives with her that literally every day has to strip her and put her on a bed and roll her over and examine her body to look for bed sores and to make sure that she is healthy in the state that she is in. In one of her books, she recalls that one day she simply cried out, I am so tired of this paralysis. And her her name is Francis. Francis was there and tamed to her. Didn't say anything at first, but finally said to her, Joni, I bet you cannot wait to get to heaven. She said as she laid there, she began to cry and that the Holy Spirit reminded her of scripture that she had stored up in her heart. Scripture that say, when we see him, we will be made new. Scripture that says, What is sown corruptible will rise to be incorruptible. Scripture that says there is now for us an inheritance kept in heaven that will never fade or spoil. And through her tears came a smile as she began to say, Come quickly, Lord Jesus, Jesus, come quickly. Why would we long for heaven? We would long for heaven because we would consider the alternative and we would long for heaven because this world is in fact empty. And write this down. We would long for heaven because of a great reunion, a great reunion that we will have. Heaven is going to be a place of perfect 
intimate fellowship with God. Do you realize that before the fall of man, when the garden was still perfect, it was God that communicated uh, to Adam, it is not good for you to be alone, even in a perfect place. God himself exists in the Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in perfect union with one another. And he calls us to be a part of him and his kingdom. There will be fellowship in heaven. There will be a beautiful reunion in heaven. And when we are there, we will be reunited with those who have gone before us. We might meet a great grandparent that by their faith that we have never met on this earth because of their strong faith and the heritage that was handed down from generation to generation that brought you into a place of a knowledge of Jesus Christ, you might meet them for the very first time in heaven. We are going to be able to see people from every tribe and every nation from all around the world that have known Jesus as their Savior, though we've never been able to speak their language or communicate with them before. It will be like the day of Pentecost where we will come together and we will unite and we will know each other. It's going to be fantastic. We'll meet heroes of the faith. We're going to be able to have conversations with Elijah and we're going to be able to ask Moses, what was it like to raise up your staff and see the Red Sea? part. We're going to hear from David the story of when he slayed Goliath with only that one stone. But most importantly and best of all, we're going to see a pure and perfect Jesus that was willing to leave a perfect and pure heaven to come down into a broken, broken world and to be spit on, and to have his beard plucked out, and to have a crown of thorns pressed into his skull so that we could be with him. We're going to see Jesus. And for the first time, we are going to fully understand the depth and the price of what he paid for us to be with him. Revelation chapter 23 verses, or Revelation chapter 22 verses 3 through 4 say, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face. We will meet Jesus. I don't know what your individual story is or where you are with your relationship with Jesus today. But the Bible teaches us that it's good to know who God is. It's good to know that he loves us. It's good to know that he loves us enough that he would send his son to communicate to us the depth and the breadth of his love for us. And it is good for us to accept what Jesus did on the cross for us, that he paid the price so that we won't have to, our sins are forgiven. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you've never been baptized into him, that's a conversation that I would like to have with you. If you don't know what that's about, we sit down, we just say, hey, here's what it's about, and we talk through it. But I would encourage you to make Jesus your Savior. If you already know Jesus Christ as your King and your Savior, make sure you communicate with those that you know. It's best 
to live for heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of your son. Father, thank you for teaching us about who you are and what you are about. Thank you for the invitation that we can be with you for all of eternity. Father, thank you for the grace that you shower upon us and the way that you love us. Father, we ask that you will hear our voice as we call out to you. We ask this in Jesus' name and amen.